Considering the subject matter of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, the hosts recommend using discretion when allowing anyone under the age of 17 to listen. Listener discretion is advised. Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk is proudly available worldwide on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Facebook Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. On this episode of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, Rick and Steven talk about the ghosts of the Metro in Chicago, Illinois. There's a new Bigfoot-like creature dubbed Big Fingers. And ghost hunters are failures. Happening now on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. And welcome one and all to another edition of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. Stephen, how are you doing this week, bud? Rick, fantastic. As soon as the weather can make up what it wants. Dude, yesterday was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Today, it's getting cold again. You know, yesterday, you know, I, I think I've joked on this show that, you know, I may be 44. But as mm-hmm. I constantly, constantly hear from the ladies out there, our fans, you know, sure. I, I don't look 44, you know, that's why they've dubbed me the gray fox of the paranormal. But I helped my my stepson build a fence wait, yesterday. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Who are these people? And I need a proof of this. I, I I'll, I'll dig. I'll, I'll have to go through all those emails, but I'll, I'll you know, what looking I mean? forward uh, to it. I'm sure you are. Uh, so it's like I helped my stepson do a fence yesterday. Okay. Rick, when I tell you that I have learned about muscles I didn't know I had, mm-hmm. I am feeling every bit of 44 years old. Like sure. just to get up off of this chair, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, dude. Because, I mean, we were using some power yesterday, man, like the hole diggers and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel buff today. You got to get in the gym, man. I'm telling you something. You get in the gym, you will feel 10 years younger. I guarantee it. Yeah, well, it's just time with me, man. I, I Honestly, I think I'd be better off just getting like a treadmill and a weight bench for the house. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, I think that would be more convenient for me. So with that being said, Rick, here we are. We're rounding the corner to episode 40. 40? Wow. Yikes. It's it's. it's it's catching up to our ages. Yeah, right. <laughs> Damn, man. Um, at least we got a while go a while to go before we get to yours. So, um, anyways, what what do we got on the table today? I know I've got some things I have brought with. What mm-hmm. what what do you got going on? Well, you know, we're gonna we're going to um, you know on Ghost Watch, we're going to be taking a uh, a look at. The Metro and Smart Bar right here in Chicago, Illinois. It's one of those places that really is not on um, the radar for local ghost hunters. But I assure you, the place is very much haunted and has a lot of stories um, behind it, you know, as as far as ghosts and hauntings ago. 
Um, and we're going to be doing another segment, or rather another edition of our of our new segment, Encounters from Beyond. Uh, this story comes to us from the United Kingdom from Paul Faircloth, who has a very, um, all I can say is, is if, if you don't get the feels after hearing this story, I kind of wonder about your humanity because it almost made me cry, man. I'm not kidding you. Oh, dude. Hey, man, is, are you doing this for ratings? No, I'm not. I'm serious. <laughs> no, I've read I mean, this story. Like, I've, I've read this story. Well, yeah, that's, it really that, hits you in the feels, especially if you're a parent. Well, I'm excited about it, as always. You know, I'm always excited about these stories. Um, as long mm-hmm. as it's not one of your sex cult, satanic hooker things, you know, we're good. We're good. Hey, don't cast any judgment on sex cults and satanic hookers. I'm not casting judgment. I mean, I'm Wait just a saying it's not for me. Wasn't that a white zombie album? It probably <laughs> was. <laughs> it probably was. Uh, anyway, La Sexarista or something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, back to the this sad reality known as Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. The things I have today, Rick. Mm-hmm. Okay, as as always, you haven't shared any of this with me. So this is this is as new to you folks as it is. This is as new to me as it is to you folks. That's right, because, you know, that's how I roll, Rick. I just like to jab, man. There it is. All right. Bam. Bam. Just like that. Just like Kramer coming through the door in an Mm -hmm. episode of Seinfeld. That's my topics. Okay. (laughs) Bam. (laughs) Or whatever he does. Anyway, so. We've heard of Bigfoot. We've heard of Yeti, you know, Sasquatch, same thing. The Abominable, you know. But now we've got a tale today, Rick, Mm -hmm. of Big Fingers. Big Fingers. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this comes from a zoologist, mind you. Okay. Okay. Big Fingers. We're going to be talking about Big Fingers later. (laughs) That's... (laughs) can't even say it with a straight face but big we're going to be talking about big fingers well you know we got big mouth here so you know well, why hey, not we'll, we'll have big fingers on here as well that is subjective that is subjective and rick okay after we talk about big fingers or before it doesn't matter but mm-hmm. uh you know i'm always reading interesting articles on the paranormal and especially paranormal science as i do the air quote um but I was reading on the Center for Inquiry today, and because uh, I was looking for something, because I, I like getting in these deep conversations with you. Sure. And uh, I'm going to share not not the entire article, but bits and pieces, just for the sake of relevancy, and, okay. and to, to get your take on it. Um, but this article from the Center of Inquiry, uh, basically, when it when when it comes down to it, they say that ghost hunters. Our failures. Oh. Yeah, so sit on that for wow. a hot second. Um, Thanks. So, yes, today <laughs> we lot. are going to the Haunted Metro Music Venue in Chicago, Illinois. We are jumping back into Encounters from the Beyond. Is that is that right? Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? I mean, we've got all from these, beyond from the beyond. I mean, we got all these damn segments, man. It's like, geez, I just start calling them A, B, C, D, you know, like the grade you got in school. But uh, and we got big fingers. Yes, we're rolling big out fingers. big fingers. Yes, I've even got him on the artwork 
for our episode today. Yes, Big Fingers is here. He is holding the Shadow Initiative logo. It is fantastic artwork. (laughs) Cannot wait to see this. Hey, you know what? And there's something else that I want to talk about, something that has come to my attention. And we have talked about it on this show before. And it is a problem in paranormal land. Uh, people getting used, man, and getting left out, left out in the cold. So, you know, I want to talk a little bit about that because I just like reconnected with a uh, friend of mine, and a uh, guy disappeared for a couple of years, and it's like he came back and with quite the story to tell. I'm not going to do the specifics. I'm not going to get too detailed because it involves too many names, names that people know, but. Um, names yeah i feel sorry for the guy so i definitely want to cover that a little bit as well that's how you get blacklisted at hop sings you name names you don't do that you are venice (laughs) so what do you want to as you as you guys can probably tell rick and i are huge seinfeld fans so you probably don't get our jokes not that there's anything wrong with that Ah, i see what i did there yikes and good luck with all that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Seriously, so, we could do this all day. <laughs> yeah. We could do a whole show about the show about nothing. It would actually be something. <laughs> right. <laughs> so with that being said, Rick, where do you want to uh where do you want to start, man? You know, I think I want to start with this um this guy that I that I was uh chatting with last night. Let's hear it, man. Let's hear it. So okay, you know, um um uh, Theo was spending the night at his grandparents' house last night. So we were like, you know, binging episodes of Chicago Fire, uh, which is one of our favorite television shows. So I get a friend request from this guy. And, uh, you know, he unfriended me about two years ago, and I haven't heard anything from him in two years. So he sends me a friend request. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to accept it. You know, maybe there's a reason behind it. So I ask him, you know, like, you know, what happened to you, dude? Where did you go? So he tells me that he was involved in the um, Chicagoland area paranormal community. And we've mm-hmm. talked about this before. The Chicagoland paranormal community is kind of run like the mafia. Right, Which right. I know sounds weird in Chicago. Um, there's basically cities built on bullets, booze, and babes. You know, my, my second, my oh, third book. By the God. Way. So there's one person who sits on top and then there's other people below them and nothing, no shit doesn't get done in this city without this person saying, oh yeah, I'm totally down with that. Right. So this guy, he got basically a lot of drama ensued. Things happened. Bad shit was said about him, which isn't true. And, um, you know, and it was like spread around all over social media, all over Facebook, all over Twitter, all over, you know, all over this stuff. This stuff is just not true. And um, so he pretty much like just dropped out of the paranormal altogether, which, you know, in a way I can't really blame him because, you know, he trusted people, trusted people with his livelihood, trusted people with himself and then they just completely use him up and then put him out in the cold. And basically, he gets blacklisted, which is another common thing that happens in paranormal land, as we also know. 
So, you know, I had this long conversation with the guy, felt really bad for him. And uh, to, you know, to make a long story short, I know too late if you've ever seen the movie Clue, um, he's he's now back. And, you know, I kind of, you know, talked, you know, kind of counseled him a little bit, told him, like, you know, you don't need to be involved in all of that. You can make your own way, forge your own path, do your own thing. You can move past this and you can press on. And I don't know about you, Stephen. I mean, but I've been there, too. Mm-hmm. I've been used and thrown away. You know, it's it's really funny because it's like one of the first questions that my wife had when you and I started doing this show, even when you asked me if I could do if I would do the show with you. She was like, but can you trust him? Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. So it's like, you know, it was there's nothing that you can gain from me. Like when people have done this to me in the past, they were able to gain something from me. Now, that's not true. I have gained a closer friend and colleague. You're like one of the few people I actually call friend. You know what I'm saying, Thanks, buddy? Right. But but you but you know what I'm saying, too, because like when this when when so and so did this to me, you know, said he was my biggest fan, loved my show, bought my books. All he wanted to do was take the show that I was um, hosting or co-hosting at that time. That's all he wanted to do. Well, you and should. And then when all was said, uh, when all was said and done, it was like, see you later. And this happened to this guy as well. And this is something that happens all too often in paranormal land. And it's it, it's a story we hear all the time. Well, you should have known the second he said he, he was your biggest fan, he was full of shit. <laughs> No, but sadly, Rick, you're correct. And when I, uh, just like you, you and I were investigators well before we made it kind of public knowledge. You know, we we were investigators before the Internet blew up, you know. Right. And, you know, when I first started, I want to say it was 2004, somewhere around in there is when I actually started kind of putting it out on the Internet. And yeah. it did, man. It bothered me when, when people would pull that shit. And eventually I just got a thick skin to it because I, I kind of viewed it as you know, I kind of view it the same way I view the audience for the paranormal shows. You yeah. you are you are doing me a favor because these aren't people I want to associate with anyway. So right. if if you're the 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 Phil Summers out there who admittedly, this isn't talking bad about him, who admittedly wants to get famous and will do mm-hmm. anything to do so. That okay. I, I'm sorry, I don't roll like that. You know, so right. it, it's just, you, you got to let it roll off your back. I had it happen shortly after my, um, I mean, many times, but the most recent was shortly after my second uh, Travel Channel appearance. I had mm-hmm. a colleague, dude, I... I I was one of the first people that ever spoke to him on the phone about the paranormal before he really started coming out on the Facebook and his own website and his own YouTube, you know, his own brand. And and it really irked me one day before the travel channel thing. When I saw him post that without these people, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And of course, is that about you? No. Oh, that was the part that irked me. Is he was naming mm-hmm. all of the TV people. 
Oh. And and it's like, wait a minute, dude. I'm the one that gave you the confidence because he, he was doing some rather um uh at the time experimental kind of things with the paranormal and was afraid to put it out there for getting mocked. And sure. you know, I told him you're gonna get mocked no matter what you do, you know, and I talked him through that, helped him, man. I, I well, I'm not supposed to say I helped him with a project that I'm supposed to be a ghostwriter on. Okay. So nobody even knows I was involved with it. And he makes this post and doesn't even mention me. Now, you would think that's kind of shallow that it would even bother me, but it did. But I, but that's disrespectful. I, I got over it. I got over it. And when it came time for this, yeah. this one episode on the Travel Channel, I said, Hey, look, man, I said, you're kind of the guy. Um, to kind of come in on this because you view it kind of the same way. And I brought him on to the track dude. Shortly after that episode, I have a blowout with some of his idols. And, and mm-hmm. I've talked to you about this on Facebook. Yeah. And, and since then the guy made his decision, he chose the TV people over me. So it's like, okay, man, you just did me a favor. It is what it is. So, let me ask you this, Stephen. What do you think the allure is? I mean, why is it that people you would would use this as a quick and easy way to, you know, get to some kind of fame or notoriety? What do you think it is? I I, I, well, I think it differs for people, you know. And, and honestly, I don't even think it's about the money. I think it's about attention and just wanting okay. that rock star status. You know, mm-hmm. if if I can get my own paranormal TV show, everybody's going to love me. It's actually a psychological thing. And there's a couple um, really good psych papers out there that I have read that point this stuff out all the way down to why people like the like button and the heart and, and the, the smiley and people live for seeing how many likes they got or how many views they got. It's this instant gratification. And it kind of falls Mm -hmm. into that with these people that want to be on TV. And, you know, I won't mention his name, but a guy that you and I both know had a show and you and I were quite surprised at the lack of knowledge he actually had um, considering the subject matter of the show. And it got canceled instantly went to youtube you know trying to recreate that fame get another show whatever you know and this has happened to a lot of those ghost hunter guys they they fake that they got cancer you know they fake suicide you know all this stuff to try to get attention it's all it all comes down to attention and that's yeah i definitely think that's part of it too it's not even you know what it's like if you want to be an actor go be an actor what what why pretend to be this paranormal guy, which will lead well, us to the article I'm going to cover later, because you're part of the reason Skeptical Inquiry and these other websites think we're a joke. Well, here's here's the thing, man. I think that since the advent of the Internet and since and of course, you know, places like YouTube um, and of course, social media is a big part of it because you see it with, you know, the reels and the TikToks and everything. And I just want people to know this is not bad. OK, I'm not saying these things are bad. No, it's so not. I don't want people to I don't want people to be like, oh, well, Rick Hale says it. No, no, no. That is this. I am saying that it's not bad. But 
it does feed into that what you called instant gratification. Like there, uh, there, there are people who will set their balls on fire mm-hmm. and then have their buddies stamp them out, put it on YouTube now on TikTok or on Facebook reels, and they will get millions of views. Yes. And it's like all of a sudden their name is everywhere. And and you also said something too. It's like go and be an actor. Here's the thing. You got to have talent to be an actor. Very true. And with that being said, let's take our obligatory first break. And uh when we come back, we're gonna come back with what? You wanna do a encounters from the beyond? Let's get this, oh, no, this no, tearjerker no, 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 out of the way or what? No. no. I want to go with big fingers. You, you're you're picking big fingers. Okay, you guys remember I'm that at home. Big fingers. Okay, guys. So <laughs> check out the, these commercials or this commercial, whatever our amazing producer does. And when we come back, we're coming back with authors and paranormal investigators Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster, and the legendary Big Fingers. So you guys stick around. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Demons. Bullets, Booze, and Babes, the Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you True Case Files of a Paranormal Investigator and Dark Spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. You are listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with authors and ghost hunters Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. She's alive! Oh, Rick, Rick, Rick. We are back with Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk right here on iTunes, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Spotify. Spotify has yet to offer us, you know, that $2 million a year deal, but we're working on it. We are working on it. And uh, we, you know what, surprisingly, Facebook sure. ha- has really blown up our podcast. Uh, so thank you guys. Uh, yes, thank you. Yeah, for those of you, our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. I mean, it's up there at the top, like blowing iTunes out of the water, which is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. But anyways, with that being said, Rick, um, you know, I'm always out looking for the strange and unusual as you put it. And this is strange and unusual. And, and like my upside down ho- helicopter video I posted on Shadow Initiative the other day, um, which could have been drones. Who knows? Um, if you guys want to see a weird you know ass what? video, look at it. You, 
Yeah, check this. <laughs> you know, the, my my first thought when I was watching this was like, this is this is some alien that all he had was one right. job. <laughs> and they were like, God damn it, Clip Clop, all you had was one job. Well, you know, I'm glad the birds flew by because otherwise yeah. it's like, oh, he just flipped the camera <laughs> and made helicopters <laughs> upside down. Hey, but birds flew by, man. But uh, you guys check that out on our Facebook page. It's it's I don't know what it is. It's 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 in North Carolina. Who knows? But uh, so I came across this article, Rick. Uh, this okay. happened in uh, Lake County, Colorado. Okay, so oh, if you said Lake County, Illinois, I'd be like, I am getting out there after the show looking for big fingers. <laughs> but okay, go ahead. so Lake County, after, Colorado. Okay, after hiking the summit of mount elbert okay so you coloradians mm-hmm. out there you'll have to tell us where mount elbert is zoologist jeff sanders knew his career was made when he saw a very unusual primate overturning large stones looking for grubs to eat and you know grubs mm-hmm. are kind of like a like a worm or whatever he said the creature was about three feet tall It had a humanoid face and the general physique of a chimpanzee, with one exception. Its fingers were three times larger. Okay, so we're talking some long-ass fingers. So, wait a minute. I'm I'm trying to think. A a chimpanzee. How how long is the fingers of an average chimpanzee? You figure about, about, about like ours, really. So, just triple that. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So, so he he thought this this uh, damn this humanoid whatever you want to call it hominid hominid um looked really familiar, and he he said the hominid saw him hiding behind a tree. He was just trying to like keep a low profile to look at this thing, and he said it slapped its hands together. Producing a thunderous sound that reverberated through the trees. Okay, like smack. And it just made it like kind of like, um, you know, how some animals uh, that aren't really uh, aggressive or really have a way to defend themselves. Like, like an octopus right. will shoot out the ink, you know, stuff like that. And he said that he got the feeling that he should leave. You know, he, he got the he got the feeling that he should leave after this thunderous smack. I guess you know he didn't he didn't want uh, old uh, big fingers here to put the smack down. Well, so so anyways, he thought as a zoologist, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, and he knew that the the chance to study and identify an unknown species was worth the risk. So. Mm-hmm. Within a few minutes, okay, Jeff Sanders, this zoologist, says that all of a sudden four or five more of big fingers or big fingi, however you want to say it, kind of pop up. Okay, so there's a whole family, a whole tribe, whatever you want to call them, a pack, whatever. And he said they they looked like Bigfoots, but like, you know, like a smaller version he said their faces look like the sasquatch same bone structure features expressions but instead of large feet they had large fingers 
And he said he took <laughs> he took an apple from his backpack and kind of, you know, in a non-threatening way, kind of just lobbed it over um, to the closest one, and it it grabbed it sure. and it ate it. He he was trying to be um, friendly with it, and he said they were suspicious of it at first. And, and in one of them, he said knuckle walked towards him. And uh, at that point, he claims. Now I'm waiting to follow this story because th- this Actually, is like I'm waiting for a punchline. But go ahead. Okay. So j- just like our boy on Expedition Unknown, uh, you know, who claims to have the Smithsonian studying stuff, which was never true. Mm-hmm. Um, this zoologist claims that he took some hair samples of big fingers. So now it is a waiting game, my friend. It is a waiting game to see if there is ever going to be anything come of the results of these hair samples from zoologists who witnessed the first ever family of big fingers. Okay, so wait wait a second. Now, uh, in all all honesty, like I said, I was really waiting for... uh, punchline or something but did you look into this guy like is he a legit zoologist he's a legit zoologist he's like one of those um hiker mountain climbing type guys you know backpacker mm-hmm. the only thing that really bothers me about this story because it's entirely believable that you you come up on some especially in the the these areas of mountains you know that just people don't go to you know, I mean, now if, we it, now we. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say the only thing that bothers me is, dude. Where is the photo and video? You are that concerned right. about studying this new species that you discovered and decided to call Big Fingers, uh, but you didn't pull out your cell phone. I, I know you're not walking around with a Nextel. You're a zoologist. You know what I'm saying. You would have pulled yeah. out that iPhone yeah. 13, and this shit would have been in 4K. So I, too, was waiting for the punchline, my friend. But so far, there isn't one. There isn't one. You know, we go to Colorado at least once a year. It's one of our favorite places to take vacations. Uh, Jamie has um, a brother and his wife and their two kids that live in uh Centennial, Colorado, which isn't too far from Denver and too far from the mountains. And we go up into the mountains quite a bit. And not only is it the most beautiful place I've ever seen, I love the Rockies. Here in northern Illinois, yeah, I mean, we got Lake Michigan. Yeah, that's great and everything. But the mountains is awesome. I can honestly see how something can live in the Colorado Rockies and go completely undetected. Even Big Fingers. Oh yeah, and I mean there there are reservations, there are, are nature preserves, there there are these places that, I mean it, it's kind of interesting to think how true it is that there are places still in this country that no man has ever walked. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, well, so who knows? Who knows what's out there? Well, shit, man, we know more about the surface of Mars than we know about our own oceans. I mean, there there's like vast areas of our oceans that have yet to be studied. This is, you know what, despite the fact that there are people that want to make this a very small world, it's still a very big world. 
with lots to be discovered, lots for science to look into. Um, even something that's like unlikely as big fingers, I guess, I, you know, but who am I to say? I will say this. I will remain cautiously hopeful that this individual is legit. I will be cautious about it. Or as we were talking about in the first segment, my friend, this may just turn out to be a guy who's trying to get on finding Bigfoot or, or get his own mm. little TV show. You know, who knows? Who knows? The, the truth will eventually be out there, my friend. Yes, it will. And you will hear it here. Um, <laughs> you know, what? I, when, when we get off uh, from doing the show, I'm going to look into Big Fingers because I am I am absolutely I am I am intrigued. <laughs> I am compelled to look into this for myself. The fact that there's already sketches and stuff like that on Google, mm -hmm. you know, it's like because that's where I found the picture, you know, to use for our for today's show's artwork. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, featuring Big Fingers, right? So, uh, Rick, where, as Axel yeah. Rose once said, where do we go now? Well, I think that I would like to um, read the story from Encounters from Beyond from uh, Paul Faircloth in the, uh, excuse me, Faircloth in the United Kingdom. Because like I said, this is a story that is, man, it's going to hit you right in the feels, especially if you're a parent. It's going to hit you. It's going to get you, get you, get you, get you. So let's let's do it up, buddy. Okay, so like I said, this comes from uh, Paul Faircloth of the United Kingdom, and Paul writes to us, I would like to share my story with you all. It happened in the year of 2000, August, at 3 a.m. At the time, I was a site manager for a primary school at Malden in Essex, UK. I lived on the site of a comprehensive school, which was located next to the school where I worked. We managed to rent the caretaker's house, which was vacant at the time. There was me and my ex-wife, and our two very young girls, plus our pet, a dog. It was a summer evening, and we had all gone to bed at around 10 p.m. that night. The girls had their bedroom adjacent to ours, and because they were so young, we left the bathroom light on all night for them just in case they got up during the nighttime. This night, I was awoken by what I can only describe as a very loud slapping noise. A loud clap, even. I immediately shot up in bed, and turned towards the bedroom doorway. It was very light in the bedroom, and I could see very clearly. As I looked at the door, standing there was an old gentleman in a brown suit, and beside him was a very young, blonde-haired little boy. I was shocked as I remember and started prodding my wife to wake up. The elderly man was my grandfather. I had only seen photos of him because he passed away when I was a baby but I recognized him straight away. The little boy let go of his hand and started to walk around the bed to my side on the right. He was really, really smiling and happy. Just as he reached my wife, well, just as he reached me, my wife awoke and he then faded into thin air. The wife kept saying, what's wrong? And as I said, look in the doorway, my grandfather just shimmered and sunk into the floor. He didn't let her see him. Sometime previous when the wife was first pregnant, I kept having dreams that she would have a blonde-haired boy. I could see him in every detail, 
so I was so sure a boy would be had. Excuse me, at the birth, out popped a black-haired girl. I was shocked and somewhat taken aback. As it turned out, some time later, my wife went to see a medium friend. And this is not a medium-sized friend, but a friend with mediumistic abilities, just so people know. Um, but I digress. I uh, was told there was a little blonde boy in spirit, and he is with us all the time. It also came to light that my wife thought she was pregnant and went to see her doctor for tests prior to giving birth to our daughters. She said the doctor, a woman, was really rough with her examination, and the following day she started what she thought was her period. We now thought that she had been pregnant, but the doctor's examination made her lose the child. So the little boy I'd seen in my dreams was real, and this night was my grandfather had brought him to see me. Paul Faircloth. I don't know about you, Stephen, but man, when I first read uh, Paul's story, I'm like, this has got to be on the show because this was like, this was yanking on the old heartstrings, buddy. Yeah, it does. And you know, that's that's not the first time that, that I've heard a story like that. Um, mm -hmm. Almost premonition kind of things. You know what I mean? I, I've heard um, uh, I've heard mothers say that they they would have dreams uh, about a child or something, and 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 then a couple years later, unfortunately, they you know they lose their baby or or I, I don't know. I've heard a lot of different things. It makes you wonder. It it makes you wonder with 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 the chemicals in our bodies and the 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 electrical pulses, how how connected things are you know because you know yeah. we we've all had dreams and we've all had dreams that have happened i think everybody can say yeah. that you know so it's 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 that's a whole show all itself but yeah that's a that's a sad story and, I, and i'm glad he shared it with us because it's uh it's it's interesting i love hearing other people's ghost stories yeah, I do too. And with that being said, which is a great segue to that, um, just want to say thank you to Paul Faircloth. Uh, thank you so much for your story. It really means a lot that you sent it to us. And it would really mean a lot to us as well that if other people send us your stories, you know, we, we want to hear your stories. We want to hear your ghost stories. We want to hear your cryptid stories. We want to hear your alien stories. We want to hear any story that fits into the strange, unusual, the weird, not too weird, folks, please. Um, but send us your stories. We want to hear them. And Stephen, where can people send those stories? They can send them. Thank you for asking, Rick. They can send them to shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com or hit us up directly through Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great story. So from here, um, I think what we should do is, should we take a little break? Yeah, let's take a little break. Right. Yeah, we're yeah. going to take a break and pay some bills. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this, uh, not only offensive article that you read, but it probably is straight up obnoxious. And <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We so, will see. We will see. So stick around. This is the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, ghost hunters and authors, Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. Come on back. 
Explore the fascinating world of the paranormal on the Label 13 YouTube channel. Watch captivating paranormal videos, full paranormal documentaries, and watch exclusively the entire 20-episode first season of Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV for free. The Label 13 YouTube channel showcases paranormal footage that has been seen on A&E Biography, Travel Channel, and Discovery Plus. Watch Label 13 at youtube.com slash label 13 videos. That's youtube.com slash label 13 videos. And don't forget to subscribe for more of the supernatural. Join the hosts on Facebook at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. That's facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Want to be a guest on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk? Is there something you would like to hear discussed? Contact the hosts at shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. That's shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. We now return to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. Um, and welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your host Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. Um, hey, great show so far, but you got something interesting. You, you, you got you bring something interesting to the show today, Stephen. Why don't you lay it on us? I do, you know, because I follow science and I love to read. I know you do too. And, you know, I, I've always been the paranormal researcher using the bells and whistles and trying to document and bring things to the table. So there is a side of me that agrees with everything this article says. But really? there, Yes, but there's another side that doesn't. So I'm torn. Okay. And, and you know what? Like I said, I'm not going to read the entire article. Because um, it's a rather long article, but this does come from the center of inquiry. And, and I think I'll, I'll kind of read a little section, Rick, and get your take on it. Hold on a second. What is the center for inquiry? I've heard of the center for skeptical inquiry. Is this the same thing? Pretty, pretty close to being the same thing. They, they okay. kind of, they kind of cover all things that, that are, when, when somebody claims something, they, they kind of come at it through through a, um, a scientific lens and say, well, you've got something or you don't, okay? Okay. Um, they're not quite as bad as skeptical inquiry when it comes to just completely shutting the door to the idea. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, th this article is called The Non-Science of Ghosts. Okay. Okay. This first section here, many ghost hunters claim that ghosts haven't been proven real because we don't yet have the right technology to detect the spirit world. Now, okay. now you, you and I, we've talked about that before. We have. Um, but this, too, cannot be true. Either ghosts exist and appear in our ordinary physical world and visible spectrum and can therefore be detected and recorded in photographs, film, and video, mm -hmm. or they don't. So you can't on one hand say, 
we can't prove ghosts exist because we don't have the technology to detect them. But then on the other hand, say, here's a here's a photo. Here's a video. You know, this proves this place is haunted. Now, that, now, that to, now to, to, to finish this point up, um, he says, if ghosts exist but cannot be scientifically recorded, then that means that all the photos, videos, audio, and other recordings claimed to be ghosts are not, in fact, ghosts. With so and, many contradictions and so little science brought to bear, it's not, just, it's not surprising that despite the efforts of thousands of ghost hunters for decades, no hard evidence of ghosts has ever been found. So before I continue, mm. what, what do you think about this so far? Uh, yeah, I'm actually surprised by this because I agree with that. Yes. Yeah, I really do. Um, it's, I think that a lot of people say that, just like a lot of people are, are will, will say, well, there's no, no such thing as experts in this field because it's something that you're expected to say. Like everybody else says it, so you better say it too. Yes, I, I think okay. That I, I, can, I can see that there. Yeah, and, and, you know, we hear that all the time. We hear it, oh, well, they can't be proven because we, we haven't reached the technology point to do that, or or we're dealing with a realm we have yet to understand, which that is true. Mm -hmm. But you're literally contradicting yourself when you say, here's an EVP, here's a photo, here's a video. So, so far, I'm really with this guy. So Yeah, I am too. He says it doesn't matter what all the scientists, skeptics, and ghost hunters think. If ghosts are real and are some sort of as yet unknown energy, then their existence will, like all other scientific findings, sooner or later be discovered and verified by scientists through controlled experiments. Mm -hmm. Not by weekend ghost hunters wandering around abandoned houses late at night with cameras and flashlights rick okay um i like that as well but here's the thing if science would only do that that would be great because i think that just as much as we're um, expected to say those certain things in uh the you know in paranormal land in mainstream science um they're expected to be skeptical if not closed-minded so if they would actually do that, that would be great. But I don't see too many, um, you know, doctors of physics out there doing this kind of stuff. Now, that's not to say that they don't believe in this stuff, because I know that some do. Correct. Um, so, you know, maybe if they, like I said, if they would get out there and actually do it, that would be awesome. I would have no problem whatsoever um, deferring to a physicist or a biologist or um or an as or or an astrophysicist while on an investigation of either a ghost a cryptid or a ufo i would have no problem doing that well remind me of that point here let me finish this out because what you just said i want to say something to but um he, he kind of finishes this out and again it's a very very long article i will put the link in our podcast description if you want to read it all but he says despite mountains of ambiguous photos sounds and videos the evidence for ghosts is no better today than it was a year ago a decade ago a century ago mm -hmm. 
There are two possible reasons for the failure of ghost hunters to find good evidence of their quarry. The first is that ghosts don't exist and that reports of ghosts can be explained by psychology, misperceptions, mistakes, and hoaxes. The second option is that ghosts do exist, but that ghost hunters are simply incompetent and need Ooh. to bring more scientific rigor to the search because what they've done so far has clearly failed. And that could not be more the truth. Ouch. When you, okay, but here's the thing, and this is why I'm divided on this article. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. From the standpoint of, of trying to, I, I hate the word prove, but yeah, you know, from, from the standpoint of trying to prove that ghosts exist, he is absolutely correct. Ghost hunters have clearly failed. Okay. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, not everybody that researches the paranormal's goal is to prove it. You know, right. you know, some people are just in it for the experience or in it to find satisfying answers to their own questions. That's why mm -hmm. I started in it, sure. you know, from based on an experience I had, I went from there. So mm -hmm. I, I agree with him, you know, especially thinking the TV shows and and it is one big contradiction. You know, you're yeah. going to say this EMF meter is detecting a, a a moving uh, electromagnetic field and you're saying that proves this place is haunted or you're saying this th this anomalous voice on, on a recording is a ghost or you're saying this image in a picture is a ghost but then at the same time you're going to turn around and say that we can't prove that because we don't have the technology to do so right see now steven you and i both know that ghosts exist correct we know this for ourselves. I mean, you know, um, interacting with Mrs. McNett when I was an eight-year-old kid is the thing that set me on this life path. However, you can't prove a personal experience. I mean, anybody could just say, you know, willy-nilly. It's like, oh, yeah, I saw a ghost and, you know, that's that. But as far as proving that ghosts exist, you know, EMF detectors were not created to um, prove that ghosts exist. Like my my uncle was a um, was an electrician for Commonwealth Edison, and he had a really, really, really big one. Thirty years, yeah, and he yeah. had this huge <laughs> EMF. The thing weighed like fifty pounds, man. When I was a kid, I could not lift that thing. So we're really lucky. <laughs> so we're really lucky these days that we have, you know, ones that we can just fit right in our back pocket. But they were not designed to detect ghosts. They were designed to detect um, differences in the electromagnetic field, whether or not ghosts can actually do something with the electromagnetic field. You know, that's that's, of course, up for debate. But all in all, I am I am like shocked and dismayed. I was getting ready to say that not only is this article offensive, it's fucking obnoxious, but it's I, I find myself like agreeing yes. with almost everything. But the thing that I will disagree with is like, dude, don't be insulting to people. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's there's no reason to 
to to insult people. Well, incompetence, you know, failure. Come on, man. I and I think those comments to me that you know I don't know the the guy. Um, but who is it, by the way? Who is, it? Who sounds was? to me like. He's talking about the television shows. That's what it sounds that's, like to me. That's what it sounds like to me too. Yeah, you know, you know I'm I'm so glad that you said that because it's actually what my next thought was going to be. Um, yeah, it's like the television shows. You know, yeah, they're entertaining. Sure, they're fun to watch every now and then. You know, my son and I will watch Ghost Hunters every mm-hmm. once in a while. It's kind of fun to watch. I'm I'm not going to lie. He likes watching them. He actually said to me one time, he's like, Dad, I just want to watch these shows so I know what not to do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm down with that. So we'll watch it every now and then. But uh, yeah, it definitely sounds like he's talking about that. Um, but but like I said before, it's like it's like you're just expected to say these things in, in paranormal land, man. No yeah. experts and there's no proof and there's, you know, no technology. It's... Well, you know, here's, here's the thing, expected. you know, um, you had said something earlier in between um, me reading this that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you have nothing against taking, uh, you know, some kind of scientist with you. And, yeah. and you know, I've, I've, I know I've shared the story about about the farmhouse haunting and finding that skeleton. And what did I tell you? I, I did. I contacted an anthropologist at NC State. Mm-hmm. You know, to take a look at this and and she couldn't identify a specific uh, breed or whatnot. All she could say it was some form of canine, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'll tell you, not many people know this story. Um, it's a real quick one. Very embarrassing. Um, a really good friend of mine, still great friend to this day, is a physicist. Okay. His father was my science professor in college. Okay. Um, so it's one of those things that runs in the family, you know, and, um, Justin's a very, very cool dude. Like you would net, you'd meet him and, uh, you'd never think that he was a physicist. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he just was literally at a tool concert like yesterday or the day before, you know, so there's another reason I like him. So he was, he's always challenged me. Like he wears shirts that say question everything, you know, yeah. um, he's very scientific, based um and he he's always uh testing me and challenging me when it comes to the paranormal so Mm -hmm. i thought okay dude come with me i'm going to take you to a place that i know delivers and i wanted to take him to the brentwood um but at the time that he was going to be in my area at the time he lived in baltimore maryland um at the time he was going to be down here the brentwood was unavailable so i i chose another place that that I knew always seemed to deliver. And would mm-hmm. you believe that that night not a damn thing happened? So here I, I believe am it. with my good buddy from high school. You know, his dad taught me, you know, he's a physicist. And here I am, man, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to shove it right up your physicist ass. You're going to see something that you can't explain, mofo. You know, that's what I'm telling him. And <laughs> nothing, dude, I was literally profusely apologizing at the end of the night. I'm like, dude, I am so sorry. Because I would show him video and photos and stuff from this location. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah you know, but I actually put him there in the field and nothing happened. 
You know, but 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 here's the thing, though. I mean, people who are rooted in science do believe in this stuff. Take, for example, Dr. Rex Hayden. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dr. Hayden was the man who did my uh, did the amputation on my leg. He's the one that diagnosed me with synovial cell sarcoma. Mm-hmm. So at, at my very last appointment where he's, you know, looking at how my how, how my uh, residual limb or, you know, stump uh, was was was, you know, healing and everything. Um, we were talking about my interest in the paranormal and the fact that I had written a book and, and all this. And he actually asked me, he's like, OK, so let me ask you this. Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. Is it really haunted? Because my daughter and I, we go there at least once or twice a month. And I asked him, I'm like, oh, I'm really surprised by that. Do you believe in ghosts? He's like, absolutely. So this is a man firmly rooted in science. Not only is he an MD, but he's got a double PhD. So Mm -hmm. this is a dude that is like firmly planted in science. So we cannot make the assumption that just because a person is in the mainstream sciences that they don't believe in this stuff or don't at least have an open mind to this and kind so, of stuff. you know some of them yeah. are religious too yeah absolutely some of them are religious they go to church every sunday but with yeah. that being said guys this is a great conversation take it over to facebook facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative let us know what you think are ghost hunters failures have, have I mean, what has been put out there that says, yes, this is proof. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear it. With that being said, Rick, let's take our final break. We're going to come back and we're going to hear about an awesome, awesome music venue in Chicago, Illinois, mm-hmm. called Metro the Metro. Super. And uh, Rick's going to take us down into the wonderful world of Ghostwatch. And, and, and he's going to tell us about the haunts of the Metro. And then we're going to close this shenanigan out. So you guys stick around. Hey, my friends, check out my good friend, Chris Beck, and his work at All Around Art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best-selling book Norman 2 the true story of a possessed doll's revenge visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art.54 okay and welcome back to the shadow initiative paranormal talk with your hosts Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale today we're going to Wrigleyville on Chicago's north side, and please, Stephen, don't make fun of my accent, <laughs> because I'm going to be using the term Chicago in this quite a bit. So we're going to be uh, checking out the ghosts of Metro and Smart Bar at 3730 North Clark Street, right across from Wrigley Field in in uh, in, in Wrigleyville, cool. Chicago. When Joe Shanahan arrived in Chicago. He saw a need to do for the Windy City what was happening in the Big Apple. Joe wanted to open a club to showcase local artists who played everything from gritty punk jams to the megaton-wielding blast beats of industrial music. 
They all found a friendly stage at Chicago's legendary Metro Smart Bar in the Northside Wrigleyville neighborhood. What Joe didn't know about upon opening his club in 1979, the building had two spectral holdovers from an earlier era. Long before bands like Chicago-based Ministry, Naked Ray Gun, and Smashing Ray Guns dominated the main stage, Metro was the Northside Auditorium building. When it opened in 1929, it was the Swedish Community Center, a place where the Swedish community could share in their cultural heritage. When Shanahan came across the building, it was home to Stages, a folk and jazz club. So in some form or fashion, music has played an important role in the history of the building. But when the lights go down and the music stops playing is when the ghosts of this popular music venue come out to enjoy the silence. According to historical records, three people were known to have lost their lives in the building. And two of those people have lingered well beyond their physical deaths. Some researchers believe it may be the energy of the crowds and the music that ties these old souls to the building. They might just be right. In the 1940s, a lonely old lady by the name of Marilyn was hired to clean the building at night. Marilyn was known to be quiet and mostly kept to herself, although she always greeted others with a nod and a smile. Perhaps this is why everyone was shocked when they discovered Marilyn had done the unthinkable. One night, Marilyn came to work and decided to end it all by hanging herself on the fourth floor. The next morning when people came to work, they were horrified to find her still swaying body suspended from the ceiling. If only lonely old Marilyn had taken the time to speak to others, her life may have been saved. Since opening the smart bar on the fourth floor, patrons and employees alike have reported a most unnerving sight. They reported the fleeting glimpse of a woman's body hanging from the ceiling. Others have reported the feeling of a presence of a person in the bathroom, even if they are alone. Those who have encountered the ghost believe it to be Marilyn. The second phantom believed to haunt Metro is one born of an unthinkable tragedy. In the 1950s, a little girl was playing on the roof of the elevator when it suddenly began going up. Without any place to escape to, the little girl was crushed between the elevator and the roof. When her family discovered her broken little body, her mother realized she was the only person to use the elevator that day. The ghost of the little girl who died in the horrible tragedy has been seen skipping and singing throughout the club. She has also been seen in the place where she lost her young life over 60 years ago. A life cut short and her soul forced to wander the building for all time. In a city filled with music venues, Metro is a popular place for people into the underground music scene. The music keeps the living and the dead coming back for more in this legendary Wrigleyville Club. I'm Rick Hale, and this has been Ghost Watch. Metro and Smart Bar, um, I love Metro and Smart Bar. It is a favorite to anybody in the Chicagoland area who is into the underground music scene. You know, I mentioned uh, punk and um, industrial music, two of my favorite genres of music. Um, I've actually seen Sister Machine Gun there Ooh, back in. Yes. I, one of I my, like Sister Machine Gun. Yes, one of my favorite bands. Saw them there back in the 90s 
and when they were still part of Wax Tracks. Um, it was like a Wax Tracks night, uh, which they still have there, even though Wax Tracks no longer exists as a physical store. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a great place to visit. And uh, Wrigleyville is a great neighborhood. Um, not only can you go watch the Cubs lose a game, but there's tons of bars, uh, tons of restaurants that you can go to. And if you can, you know, go see a show at Metro or even do so. And or even if you just want to hang out and have a few drinks at Smart Bar, do so as well. It's a great place. Hey, and you know, it goes back to um, what we've talked about many, many, many times, not only on this show, but in our books, especially mine, um, energy, electricity, mm. power. You think about how many volts of just electricity is is occurring at the Metro during a live show. And then, and then you have that energy from the audience, like, like you were talking about during Ghost Watch. Right. I mean, that makes sense. You well, know, that, you know that, could, that could fuel some supernatural. Yeah, I mean, not, not to mention, of course, infrasound, because you're getting infrasound from a couple of different places at Metro. You're getting infrasound from the music that's being played on stage, and you have the red line, which is right there. Um, you can, you know, you, you can get off at the red line at Addison, and uh, that's where you can go to. Uh, you know, any anywhere around Wrigleyville. Um, so you're getting infrasound from there as well. So and we as we all know, I mean, it's been it's been theorized that infrasound could possibly not only fuel paranormal activity, but can also make you think you're experiencing paranormal activity. And this all just seems to come together at a place like um, like Metro and Smart Bar. Oh, no, that's very true. You know, in a lot of these articles that I read, you know, they, they always want to um, dismiss it as uh, delusions or hallucinate, you know, whatever, hallucinating, right. which do, it does happen. Right. It does happen. You know, the mind is a powerful thing. Oh, it, it's it's operating on a level that and we're not talking about the brain. We're talking about the mind which are two different things. Um, it is operating on a level that we can, that we are only, we're barely scratching the surface of. So ladies and gentlemen, do some research on the Metro. There's not a lot out there. There is some stuff on YouTube. Um, the Metro Music Venue in Chicago, Illinois, Haunted. You want to check that stuff out. Today, you guys have learned about the latest cryptid that's out there and waiting to be proven. Big fingers. Big fingers. Big fingers. Yes. And, and you know, that sounds like something we made up on this show because we're always making up our own crypto uh, creatures like the Empire, you know, <laughs> which is my favorite and the one that I fear the most. And then we have the yet to be named new winged creature that is being seen here in North Carolina. So you know that name's going to come from this show. But we've got Big Fingers and a zoologist who claims to have hair from Big Fingers. So we will continue to follow this story. And we talked about ghost hunters being failures. And we would love to hear your opinion on that. And again, encounters from the beyond or encounters from the unknown. Whatever Rick's calling this thing. Um, encounters from beyond. There it is. Encounters from beyond. Trademark. Uh 
send us send us your stories guys shadow initiative talk at gmail.com or hit us up on facebook facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative we are two very accessible guys yes I mean, we're there man we're there we're not like the the holier than thou paranormal people that we just all know and love so much so rick what's on our plate for next week well, before I get to that, I just want to say today I'm going to, in just a just a few hours actually, I'm going to be a guest on the Ghostly Hour with uh, David Cook. Um, it's a you uh, it's a UK show. Uh, I've been on a show before. He's a great uh, great host, and it was a lot of fun. Um, so I'm going to be on there later today, and that is going to be at 5 p.m. Eastern for four Central, um, two Pacific, I think. And uh, so, you know, if, if you have an hour or two to kill, which is the tag, which is the tagline of a show, I think it's very clever. Um, you know, come on over and check that out. It's at uh, for, with uh, KCR, KCOR Radio. It's, uh, you know, a really great show. But, um, yeah, next week we have we're, we're welcoming back, a, um, or rather, we are bringing a guest on who is another survivor of a uh, extreme haunting we're gonna welcome to the show shannon rogers now shannon her story was featured on the show um uh ghost ruined my life i actually watched this episode just you know you know for shits and giggles one day didn't have anything else better to do and i was really intrigued by her story and we're gonna we're gonna talk to her about that but we're also going to hear something. I know this isn't going to shock you, Stephen, having done television. But apparently, when they were making this, they kind of left some stuff out and what? may have even made some shit up. No. So yeah, we're no, not producers. That's insanity. I'm but, calling yeah. bullshit. I'm calling shenanigans. <laughs> So where but, yeah. can where can people watch this uh, to get ready for our guest? What what's um, that on? Discovery Plus, and it, if I memory serves correctly, it was it was season one, episode one, and oh. um, yeah. So I mean, it was like it was like El Numero Uno of this show, and uh, it was it was a really interesting, very compelling story. And um, it's actually produced by Eli Roth. I don't know if you know. I'm yes, yes. cabin cabin fever. Yeah, he considers himself a uh, a master of horror. He was also in the in the incredibly brilliant film *Inglorious Bastards*, which <laughs> is, like, you know, I, I I will I will admit it, and I'm not afraid. I love Brad Pitt. I think he's a great actor. Love all yeah, of his movies yeah. for the most part. And, and um, yeah, but *Inglorious Bastards* that was a great flick. Um, so yeah, this is this is a show that is created and produced by Eli Roth. So we're going to be talking to Shannon about her experiences and um, how the show kind of, you know, the, some shenanigans was involved there. I can't And not wait. on her part. I can't wait. Fantastic. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, you have been enduring. Well, I've been enduring Rick Hale author and ghost hunter and you've been enjoying been author and ghost hunter Stephen lancaster so another fine episode of shadow initiative paranormal talk and uh you may start seeing video of us again um you know because we sit here really? and oh yeah. oh well, yeah rick <laughs> this is another 
thing you don't tell me, Steven. I mean, you like you drop this shit on me like I'm like, oh, yeah, totally, dude. But yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, Rick and I really are off the cuff with this show. People think we plan this shit out. We don't. We literally meet up, <laughs> hit record, and out it comes. You know, so it's, it's like making a porno, but not. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I'm getting off track. I'm Ew. getting off track. So I was thinking, you know, we're recording it anyway. You know, I, what what stopped us? The, the, the first season of Shadow Initiative is known as Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. Where it's all visual, all available on our website, shadowinitiativetv.com, on YouTube at Label 13. And it just got too much production-wise for me. So I'm just starting to think, fuck it. We're recording. Don't do any production on it. Just upload the damn video. Just upload the show as you and me do it. Wait. Are there going to be other flub-ups and stuff there? Because, uh... Let's no. keep those flub ups on no. DL. God, you, okay. God, you worry. God, nag, nag, nag from Rick Hale, guys. You have no idea what I endure during the breaks. <laughs> you have no idea. Hey, you know what? Everybody makes mistakes. Not <laughs> everybody. I'll be the first to admit. Yeah, not everybody. Sure. Um, I'll be the first to admit it, man. I don't know it all, and I'd make a lot of mistakes. And a lot of those mistakes you don't hear or see. And, th- and that's why we are... Uh, we are a great team because I do know it all <laughs> and I don't make mistakes. So we we're like the yin to the yang kind of thing. Yeah. We're kind of like, uh, you know, DJ Jazzy in the fresh Prince or whatever. What? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. DJ Jazzy. This, Jeff this the show Prince. has derailed. It has derailed guys. We are out of here for another week. Be sure to check out uh, Rick being interviewed today at 5 PM Eastern. I'm glad he brought it up because me being the person who does not make mistakes, I uh, thought it was yesterday, and I went looking for the archive this morning because I was going to listen to it. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, so that makes sense now. <laughs> so God, oh, no, Stephen never makes mistakes. Whatever, Rick. Okay, guys, thank you for tuning in. Keep it up, man. We love your support, and we will catch you guys thank next you. week.